what I thought we would do, and it would be instructive. You remember Obama's speech in Berlin in July 2008? Given that one of the things we're talking about today is people's frustration, people on the left, they'd vote for him again, make no mistake. But the drive-bys and a lot of people, they're really wringing their hands over the fact that Obama gave a lukewarm, passionless, didn't look like he really cared, set of remarks about the beheading of James Foley. And then, 10 minutes later, is on the golf course. You ought to see the U.S. Or the U.K. Daily Mail story on this. I mean, it is brutal. Let me just read you the sub-headlines in this story. The primary headline is this. Fist bump. Furious reactions to Obama's joyful five-hour golf game overshadow his five-minute ISIS speech as he teed off immediately after condemning American photojournalist James Foley's executioners. You know, I'm thinking about Obama's presidential library for social justice and all that. Maybe they should set it up on a golf course somewhere. Or maybe set it up as a golf course. Like my official library is going to be the Limbaugh Broadcast Museum. And you've, like, we've already created a virtual version of the Limbaugh Broadcast Museum at RushLimbaugh.com. And I have urged you to go visit it many times. And if you haven't, you really should because it's really, really well done. But I'm thinking for Obama, the official library for social justice or whatever the hell else needs to be in a golf course. Viewers, visitors um, could, could walk around or be driven around as if going from tee to tee. The front nine would be his first term. The back nine would be the second term. Every hole would be something Obama screwed up. And you, and you lay it out in chronological order. And at the end of the tour... Uh, is this a bar restaurant where you can go make speeches and pretend to be Obama? Caring or whatever. But if you go back and listen to this world speech that he made in, uh, in Berlin and listen to this now in hindsight, it was speeches like this. I mean, this was red flag city for me. And it really worried, I got to tell you, it really worried me that so much of this was not seen for what it was by so many people. That's always bothered me. The, the ease, the gullibility, and I know it's there. I just keep praying and hoping it's going to change. Of the low information crowd. I have three sound bites from this speech. Here is the first one. He is declaring himself a citizen of the world in this bite. I come to Berlin as so many of my countrymen have come before. Although tonight I speak to you not as a candidate for president, but as a citizen. A proud citizen of the United States and a fellow citizen of the world. I know that I don't look like the Americans who've previously spoken in this great city. You mean like Jesse Owens? So, see, right off the bat, citizen of the world. Proud citizen of the United States, but even more important, a citizen of the world. 
and hey, look at me. I'm black. I don't look like the Americans you know. There's a meaning being conveyed there. In the next bite, he points out the world's dangers and implies that they were the fault of Western culture. The fall of the Berlin Wall brought new hope, but that very closeness has given rise to new dangers, dangers that cannot be contained within the borders of a country or by the distance of an ocean. Think about it. The terrorists of September 11th plotted in Hamburg and trained in Kandahar and Karachi before killing thousands from all over the globe on American soil. As we speak, cars in Boston and factories in Beijing are melting the ice caps in the Arctic, shrinking coastlines in the Atlantic, and bringing drought to farms from Kansas to Kenya. So you see this, folks? Does, any, does this ring a bell? You remember this speech, the godlike echo? Now here's just a couple of things. The fall of the Berlin Wall brought a new hope. But you know what escapes Obama? Is why the wall was there and who put it there. Oh, yeah. He'll gladly talk about the fall of the Berlin Wall. But talking about why it was there and who put it there, he will never talk about. Ever. That very closeness... Fall of the wall, people being united, giving rise to new dangers. See, the wall coming down, that was not freedom for... No, 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 that's danger. That is a new set of dangers that cannot be contained within the borders of a country or by the distance of an ocean. So the fall of the Berlin Wall, he then starts talking about the 9-11 hijackers connects that to the fall of the Berlin Wall, an example of how the fall of the Berlin Wall made it easy, I guess, for the 9-11 hijackers to commit their dirty deed on 9-11. And then did you catch this? I missed this the first time. I must admit, I apologize. There's something really important here that I missed, and I'll bet you did too. Obama said... The terrorists of September 11th plotted in Hamburg and trained in Kandahar and Karachi before killing thousands from all over the globe on American soil. You note that he didn't say before killing thousands of Americans. He specifically said killing thousands of from all over the globe on American soil. I don't think that's insignificant. I don't think that's... I, I, that is purposeful, that wording. Because you see, what's underlying this, don't forget Obama's belief, and, and something he thinks everybody else thinks, and that is the U.S. is the problem. America is the problem in the world. America is the reason for so much of the unrest and the hunger and the thirst in the world. And so by saying thousands from all over the globe were killed on American soil, yeah, 
And then as we speak, cars in Boston, factories in Beijing melting the ice caps. Yes, global warming. You know, I remember that aspect of this. I was just frustrated as I can be. And by the way, uh, you, let me imagine. So some of you might be saying, Rush, well, what's the big, that was, that was like six years ago. Why, why are you talking about this now? I mean, it's done. It's over with. He's president, all that stuff. I know, but never forget, folks, the never-ending quest, the hope that we don't make this mistake again by electing somebody like this again. And so my never-ending quest, folly though it may be in some people's minds, to try to educate or inform as many as I can. We're in the midst of an absolute national worldwide disaster because of the election of 2008, in large part. Some, much of what this country is going through need not have happened and probably would not have happened. And so my ongoing effort here to help people understand why things are the way they are and so that they don't elect like this again. That's why this is not some exercise in bashing Obama. Don't, don't ever do that. It's bash to bash. Never, ever is that a reason for doing anything here. And now, remember, this is the summer of 2008, and remember... By this time, or by that time, Obama and the Democrat Party had succeeded in convincing the world that America was nothing but the land of torture. Yeah, it was Abu Ghraib and it was Guantanamo Bay Club Gitmo. It was waterboarding. It was making prisoners wear underwear on their heads and then making them do pyramids. Yeah, you know, like hazing in sororities and stuff. It was torture. We were torturing people. That's how evil we were. And so here's Obama apologizing for it, reminding everybody of it. Well, we acknowledge that there is no more powerful example than the one each of our nations projects to the world. Will we reject torture and stand for the rule of law? Will we, will, we, will we welcome immigrants from different lands and shun discrimination against those who don't look like us or worship like we do and keep the promise of equality and opportunity for all of our people? People of Berlin, people of the world, this is our moment. This is our time. Right. So you have it. Does it ring any bells, folks? Does it uh, jog your memory? Can it give you any added insight to explain how we ended up here? 